I am, um, I'm Austin, to anyone who doesn't know me, I am very happy to be speaking this morning, but I am speaking under somewhat unfortunate events. Um, Brian, unfortunately, has COVID, um, but from what I've heard and talked to him about, it seems pretty mild. His kids have already tested negative, um, but yeah, so it seems to be pretty mild, but because of that, you guys are stuck with me this morning. Um, they called in the righty, so we'll see if... Uh, We'll see if it'll plan out. I always find these situations kind of interesting. This is a little bit of a, ran- a ramble. But, you know, when I prepare for a sermon, usually I get, like, weeks or months in advance to plan it. This is three days. Um, and so I always wonder, like, where's the Holy Spirit in relationship with that? Like, I always want to give the Holy Spirit tons of time to prepare my heart and your hearts. But then there's also, like, a level of spontaneity with the Holy Spirit where, like, he's, like they're just going to do what they do, and it doesn't really matter. And so I one time just want to preach where I don't prepare at all. Like, where I just, like, pray for it a bunch of times and then get up and just rip. That is, fortunately for you guys, that's not today. We, even though it may not look like it later, this is prepared. Um, but no, so this morning we're going to be talking about um, worship. And specifically, we're going to be talking about um, what we do as Glendale Church on a Sunday morning at 1030, this worship experience that we have all together, all under one roof, worshiping and taking care of ourselves, our hearts, and worshiping and giving praise to God. So I want to quickly start this morning by just asking you guys a few quick questions. Um, for you, personally, what, what is worship to you? What is it? Why do we worship? Why do we gather to do this? Is there good worship and bad worship? Right and wrong? Is worship more for us? Is it more for God? Is it more a giving thing or more of a consuming thing? Is worship more of an action or is it more of a feeling? You know, can you do the action without feeling? Can you do the feeling without the action? What exactly is worship? Because this morning we're going to dive into sort of ideas of why we worship, why we're here, the amazingness that it is, and also some pitfalls that we can fall into that kind of keep us from what I would just call more satisfying, fruitful worship. Um, because whether we, we like, realize it or not, we're all probably very opinionated about worship. We've probably all walked into a church, whether it was a newer church, a church you've been to a while, maybe even this church, and you were just like, yeah, I'm just not feeling this worship right now. I don't know if it's the lighting, I don't know if it's the music, there's too many instruments, not enough instruments, too many singers, not enough, too loud, too quiet, whatever it is, and we sort of kind of get into like a... And then you're kind of waiting for it to be over, and then you go into the sermon, you're like, I didn't really trust the worship, I don't know if I can trust the sermon, and it kind of like affects your whole experience. I mean, we're all very opinionated, and it makes sense, we are all very different people. We're different people, we have different backgrounds, we come from very different age groups, different um, histories, we have tons of different religious experiences. It makes sense that we'd have opinions. Um, Brian was telling me when we were talking about this that churches have the same problem as wedding DJs, because they need to find a playlist that match, that satisfies multiple generations. <laughs> and the same thing on a Sunday morning, we're trying to find something that kind of satisfies everyone, which is kind of realistically impossible. Um, and so uh, what we're going to do also this morning is I'm going to play you guys a couple of videos. And my hope for the videos for you guys is, one, just sit back, relax, enjoy them. They're, they're very quick. They're like 20 to 30 second videos. Um, sit back and enjoy them. But also, two, they're worship styles, worship formats, worship experiences. So I want you to picture what it would be like if you were in those situations. Would you enjoy it? Would you not enjoy it? Is it too much, too little? Sort of what would you be going through? And so the first video is by a band called Rend Collective. We've played a couple of their songs here before. We played Build Your Kingdom here, great song. They're from Ireland. 
and this uh, concert is in Belfast, so if you see river dancing, that's why. Um, but this is the first clip. Don't go nuts. All right, go big. So for some right, of you, One, oh yeah, we can go, dude. It's that good. For some of you, you might be thinking, oh my gosh, how do we get that level of worship? That is incredible. Look at the passion. Look at the rowdiness. Look at the energy. Look at the, the celebration of who Jesus is. And then some of you might be going, that's my nightmare. <laughs> that is the worst. That is just loud noise, and that's a concert, and that's definitely not worship. Um, I've been able to go to a couple of their concerts. I love them. Um, at one point at all of their concerts, they'll put on a panda head, all of their members, and they, they asked them in an interview, and they said, um, there's lots of fruit to the spirit, and there's lots of spiritual disciplines, and seriousness is not one of them, but joy is, and so these make us laugh, and we think that it makes our father laugh too. So that's their vibe. <laughs> For some people, not for others. Uh, the second one is, I don't fully understand the context. There's someone after that can tell me. It's like a Kanye West-affiliated church. Um, it's called Kanye West Sunday Service or Sunday West Worship. Some people are nodding. Maybe you know what it is. But anywho, here's a second clip. So that one's a little bit different, a little bit quieter, still a lot of, still a lot of passion, a lot of intention, but uh, less instruments, just a piano. Everyone's kind of in a circle. Everyone's kind of wearing, they're all wearing the same thing. And unlike the more concerty one, they were all in the back and they were above the crowd. This one, they're actually below the audience. The audience is above in a circle, kind of looking down on them. Much different. Again, some of you are going, that's the dream. And some of you might be going, no, thank you, pass. Um, this third one um, is, I don't know where it is, but it's from a Church of Christ. So it's going to be uh, probably a lot more different, but this one is Church of Christ.
So that one, obviously, much quieter, much simpler, much, a lot less energy, but still beautiful voices sung in harmony, and it's gorgeous, and you can, you can almost feel the power in each word. You can kind of feel the focus. Again, some of you, heck yeah. Some of you, no, 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 no. <laughs> Um, now, maybe you haven't had an opinion about any of these so far. Maybe you're like, oh, yeah, I kind of like all of them. They're fine. Or maybe I loved all of them or I hated all of them. But I guarantee you, if you walked into a Sunday morning and you experienced this next video, I guarantee you, you'd be having some thoughts. Me look good or anything, but that's what happened. But uh, this is one that also uh, my friends at my hometown church, Gospel Light Baptist Church in Salisbury, North Carolina, has uh, really made... Uh, their top choice, so therefore we're going to finish off with this one. It's called Looking for a City. That video is six minutes long, and he just keeps going, gets higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. And at one point, he takes a sip of water in the middle of it just to keep going. Um, because a lot, I mean, a lot of us, we also say, okay, worship is making a joyful noise. This is great. But I bet a lot of us, whether we admit it or not, would also say, there's still, you need some skill. You know, you need, you need some talent. Like, not everyone that can sing should sing. Like, I guarantee you, you don't want me to do it. Um, and then you might be thinking after all of those, okay, well, Austin, it's impossible to have the perfect worship experience. It's impossible. I'd say, no, it's not. The perfect worship experience is possible, and it's right here. Born is the king. Born is the king. That's the title, yes, born is the king. Of our country, yes, born is the king. There's nothing, there's nothing better. Come on. I wish I had a quarter of that courage. Even a quarter. Um, so yeah, that's it. There, that's perfect worship. We're done. Um, so uh, all jokes aside, the reason I, I, I put those up is because those all are kind of different worship styles and different formats, different music, um, different types and tones. And I think that probably all of us had some sort of feeling during all of them, whether it was good, bad, funny, whatever that is. Um, but my conviction this morning, for, for myself especially, is that sometimes when it comes to worship, we can tend to focus too much on the music and the format and not enough on the reason, on the purpose. We can focus too much on, are they playing the songs I like? Not only are they playing the songs I like, are they playing it the way I like it? 
Sometimes it's, it stinks when you hear the song you like, and you're like, ooh, but that's not a way I like it. That's, that's not the right version, you know? And I don't think we focus enough on the reason we're here, which is to be together, to glorify and praise the Savior who would do anything for us, who loves us unconditionally, but we will get tied up on, I don't like that they were looking above at them. I didn't like that it was a concert. I didn't like that that was too quiet. And we get so caught up on these things. I think I've mentioned it before, but I, I've done the Whole30 diet before, and anyone who doesn't know, I'll just recap it really quick. It's the most joyless thing in the world. It's just meat, vegetables, and fruits, and no sugar, no alcohol, no grains, no dairy, no nothing. It is miserable. Um, but while I was on it, I came to a very, very, very quick realization. In many situations, I actually prefer food over people. <laughs> like, I would go to dinner parties, or I'd go out with friends, and I would just be like, I can't believe I can't eat what I want. And I would just be almost upset. And I, and I realized I cared so much more about the actual consumption of food than, than the experience of being around people, than the purpose of why I was here. I mean, I had birthday parties. I was like, why do I have to go? They're going to have cake. I can't eat it. And I just became so much more of a consumer than a giver. And I think it's similarly in worship, we can sort of come in and we can be like, what can I consume? What can I eat? What, what is there for me to have? And we don't focus as much on what can I give, what can I experience, what can I put forward. And I think that um, there are two main reasons. There's probably lots of reasons, but to me, there's two big reasons as to why um, we can kind of fall into this pitfall of, of, of not initially focusing on the purpose of worship. The first one is that um, we are really self-oriented. And I'm trying not to use the word selfish, because I think selfish is the incorrect word, but it's self-oriented. We're very, we're very me-focused, which honestly, in lots of ways in faith, is a very good thing. We are taught in so many ways, your faith is your own. You have a personal relationship with Jesus. What, Jesus reaches out to us in so many unique ways. People see Jesus in Harry Potter. People see it in Blue's Clues. People see it in the ocean. Jesus reaches out to you in your way, and there's something very personal about that. But I also think, especially when it comes to worship, we miss out on one of the most prominent elements, one of the most important vital elements in all of worship, and that's community. That's doing it together. That's doing it communally. That's doing it with each other, praising our God together. Um, I'm going to read a couple of Psalms really quick. They're kind of, they're, they can be a little bit long, so please bear with me, but they are beautiful. So the first one here is Psalm 95. <clears throat> it says this, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hands, in his hands, for he made it. Oh, sorry. In his hands are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. In his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. We, our, us. There is so much communal together language. We are supposed to be doing it together. We are supposed to be here, not personally, but we are here doing it all together. I am um, a very big sports fan. I love all Minnesota teams. I love, I love it when my team wins. Does anyone enjoy it when their team loses? Fantastic, good, we're all on the same page. <laughs> I love it when my team wins, but I used to get really upset when my team lost, like really, really upset, like ruins my day type of upset. Um, I have recently, in recent years, figured out a trick to help me not get so angry. And that trick is this. So if I ever get the chance 
I will find some sort of a way to catch a live footage of the game. Uh, sorry, like, like live action, like whether it's I watch it on TV or I'm at the game, or if I can't do any of that, watch it online and watch highlights if my team lost. And the reason is this. While this is happening, I try and find kids in the crowd. Not only that, I try to find kids who are wearing the opposite team's jersey. Because then I think, even if my team lost, that kid is having a good day. Even if my team loses, that kid is having a memory forever. They're going to talk with their parents, with their friends. They're going to be like, yes, we did it. I was just at an Angel game. They were playing my favorite team, the Twins. And we were up big, of course, and then we blew it. And the Angels hit a walk-off home run in the 12th inning. And I, I, I got a little angry. I'm like, are you serious again? <laughs> this is our team. But then I looked around at all these kids, and they're just like, Dad, can you believe it? I can see it, bud. Look at that. You get to walk away saying, you got to see that happen. And it made me just, it makes you feel better, knowing that it is making someone else happy. And not only that, it's baseball. It's football. It's bad, whatever. We're, in fact, we're all on the same team, and that's just being human and being caring and encouraging to each other. I mean, I just look at that, and I go, this, there's good things that can still come out of my team losing. And I think in a similar way, when it comes to worship, I guarantee you some people liked some of the songs, some of you didn't like some of the songs, but I can guarantee you for every song we play, someone likes it. Someone is feeling close to God. Someone is being encouraged. Someone is going, yes, my God is so good because of what's playing. And so we get the opportunity to go, man, maybe I don't love this song. Maybe I'm not loving what's happening. But I bet they are. I bet they are. And that's okay. And that's great because they're having a great worship experience. They're enjoying it. Because I think sometimes we can tend to get cynical with stuff like this. Uh, well, with everything, really. Um, but especially, like, I remember hearing a sermon one time. And at the end of the sermon, at the beginning of the sermon, I could tell, like, this was going to go bad. And it did exactly that. It went terrible. This, this individual just got up there, and they just stumbled across their words. They didn't know what their next thought was. There was 20 to 30 to 40-second pauses where they were just collecting their thoughts. They didn't know what to do. At one point, they just completely turned around and started kind of mumbling to themselves to try and get their thoughts. Incoherence. And when the sermon was over, I was like, I have no idea what just happened. Like, how was that person allowed on stage? And I honestly was looking for some of my friends to be like, we saw that train wreck together, right? Like, this will happen together, right? And I walk up to my friend, and she goes, wow, that was powerful. And I'm like, what? What do you mean that was powerful? And they're like, to have the courage to go up there and to trust God and to go up and go, hey, even if you fail on stage, you didn't fail to God. And I think that might be how Jonah felt. I think that might have been how Moses felt. I think that might have even been how Paul felt. Paul says that he wasn't a very good public speaker. And I was just marveling at the fact that they enjoyed this terrible sermon. Because sometimes we tend to like look at someone and be like, you liked that? And now we're like judging them based on what they like. You know, like, ooh, you claim you like music, but you think like Fall Out Boy's the best band ever? You're like, that's just wrong. Like, and you're like, I don't know, maybe they could be. But we tend to see other people's opinions and we tend to get cynical, become us, me-oriented, as opposed to looking at things communally together, worshiping our God and saying, hey, we're gonna do this as one because you can be in a room and be together, but that doesn't mean that you're together, right? That doesn't mean that you're unified. That doesn't mean you're doing it for the same cause. But when we sit in this room and we can go, hey, 
I'm actually okay with what's happening because I'm sure other people are loving, and that's actually gonna make me happier. It's gonna still make me explore and love God. Uh, A couple more quick texts on worship. Here's Psalm 96. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name, tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and that all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people in his faithfulness. Are those emotions, this exaltation, this righteousness, are those things that you feel when you come in to a worship service? Are you feeling this intensity? Here's Psalm 98. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of the melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn, and make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar in all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Some of those clips I played, whether you like them or not, all of the psalms I just played, our psalms are, are worship songs. They're, they're made to be sung. They're made to be praised. Every one, of the song, every one of the clips I played matches some sort of description in those psalms. That last one, break forth, burst out in joy and praise. That concert one, they're dancing, they're singing, they're jumping for joy. Almost every single worship style we can find or every single thing, I bet you can find a psalm or a text that will match it. Again, this is assuming that it is not objectively bad or not objectively like an anti-God, right? Obviously, something that talks about how God isn't loving or isn't something, those are probably not ideal. Uh, I got tested one time. I went to a church in San Francisco, and they just started playing Foo Fighters exclusively. The first song was a Foo Fighters song, second song, third song, fourth song, and I said, okay. I heard the sermon, liked the sermon. I, I mean, I enjoyed the worship. Who doesn't like the Foo Fighters? Um, Went there the next week because I lived close by. I thought maybe that was a one-off. First song, Foo Fighters. <laughs> Second song, Foo Fighters. And after, I walked up to the worship leader and I said, why do you do this? And he goes, I just think worship is like thanking God for what he's done and I'm thankful for the Foo Fighters. <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay, <laughs> that's testing me a little bit. I'm not exactly positive what that is. Um, but it's 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 great to see what these are because uh, I don't have it on here, but a quick text in Philippians 
Paul says this. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I'm put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of rivalry, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. I don't think we always have a mentality of, as long as Christ is proclaimed, I'm, I'm happy, I'm good. As long as Christ is proclaimed, I'm happy, and I'm good. Um, I think the second, a second pitfall we've come to is um, we fall into habit. We fall into patterns. We fall into things that um, kind of become repetitive. And what happens when we get into habits are things can tend to get, um, this might be a fancy word, profaned. Um, anyone who doesn't know the word profane, it's where we get the word profanity. Um, but it's when you make something that's like sacred and blessed and special and you make it not so. Um, I remember when I was growing up, Chick-fil-A wasn't here. And so I would go, I'd go to Texas to see my grandparents and they have Chick-fil-A. And like Chick-fil-A was like sacred. <laughs> like I get this once every two years. Like this is the best. And now I could have Chick-fil-A like every second of every day. And I was like, whatever, it's still good, but it's not a big deal. It's making something sacred and making it much simpler. And I think when we get into habits, we can start of fall out of what the reason is for worship. We can get here and we can go, oh, another song. Another song. That was a fake yawn that turned genuine. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, yeah, this isn't, this isn't necessarily the song I like, but, but, but we'll go to the next one. What do you feel? Do you guys have any weight on you? Do you have any, what are your thoughts and feelings when you enter into a worshipful space? What are you thinking about? What are you feeling? I want to read, this is the last text. Sorry, it's been a lot of scripture, but thank you for bearing with me. This is the last text today, Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Christ Jesus, or Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will. According to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So that we, who are, who are the first to hope in Christ, might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. These are powerful words. We are inheritors of, of faith, inheritors of salvation by a free gift of grace that is Christ dying on the cross. Do we feel that value? Do we feel that worth? Do we feel that when we enter into a place of worship? Because that's what we're doing. Ascribing the glory to God, praising God is saying, God, I remember what you've done for me. I wanna keep remembering what you've done for me. I wanna thank you for what you've done for me. I wanna exalt you for what you've done for me. And these might be words or thoughts that you've heard a billion times. Maybe this is your first time. But 
every Sunday we get a chance to re-remember, a reminder. Because right now, as I'm getting ready to preach in a preaching sermon, I feel pretty on fire for God, and I'm happy that I'm redeemed, and he saved me from my sins, of which there are plenty. Monday, I might remember, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and they kind of start fading away. And then come Sunday, I can walk back in and say, this is here. This is God meeting all of us together. Now, there's nothing special about this building. There's nothing special about Sundays. There's nothing special about 1030. But there is something special about a body of believers unified together, singing praises to their God. When we walk into the space, do we think, okay, yeah, I'll get some songs, I'll get some donuts, hear a sermon and walk out. Or are we be walking out going, that's right. I was forgetting for a second, but that's right. God loves us so much. We are so redeemed. We are so loved. We are, God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And maybe I don't love this song, but I know they do. And I know they do. So together, we're gonna be here doing this. There's a, uh, um, I just finished a book by a guy named A.W. Tozer. Um, it's called The Pursuit of God. It's, it's a great book. A.W. Tozer's a great guy. He has this quote in the book. Um, he says, when we lift our inward eyes to gaze upon God, we are sure to meet friendly eyes gazing back at us. For it is written that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout all the earth. The sweet language of experience is, thou God seest me. When the eyes of the soul looking out meet the eyes of God looking in, heaven has begun right here on this earth. We have moments where we are literally experiencing heaven on earth when we get to look out to God as he has a friendly, smiling face looking back at us. But we can tend to look at worship and go, ah, too loud. Ah, it's not the way I would have sung that. Ooh, they were off key. Oh, there's a sound issue. I don't like the banjo. I love the banjo. <laughs> Hypothetical. <laughs> but we can tend to focus on these little styles and these formats and these music and all that stuff. And I'm not saying that stuff isn't important. We want to bring people as close as we can, which is why our worship team works really hard to try and get people the best experience. But at the end of the day, the most fruitful, the most satisfying worship we're going to come to is when we realize that we're all in this together as a body believers, worshiping our God who has done more for us than we could ever possibly imagine. And even if a couple notes are wrong, even if it's not a song we like, there's still times where we can go, got it. There's still time here to remember God, to love God, and to thank him for everything he's done. And so with that, we have one more worship song. And so I would encourage you to stand, standing, and just remembering everything God's done for you. So will you guys please pray with me as we step into worship? Uh, God, we just thank you that you have done so much for us, that you've given us opportunities to be able to worship your name, that we get to come together, that we have a building, that we have parking spaces, that we have good weather, that we could do all of that and come here into this space and worship you and pick, pick up each other, encourage one another, and love each other as we love you. God, I pray that you put it on our hearts to worship you as best as we can with glory and honor and ascribe what is already due to you. God, we love you so much and we praise you in this place. We wanna lift up your name, whether it's with outward expressions or with inward feelings. But God, we wanna praise you in this place, in your name, amen.